Blog Talk Radio. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, February the 21st. And today we're going to be talking about New York, New York, New York. Uh, The wonderful city of New York has been in the news quite a bit here lately. And uh, a lot of it has to do with a judge and President Trump and the Attorney General and what some would uh, classify as banana republic justice. So we've invited today our good friend uh, Frank Burke, a native New Yorker, and he's going to try to explain to us or give us his take on what's happening uh, in New York. Uh, Frank, welcome. It's always great to have you. Well, thank you, Silvio. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the the opportunity. You um, you never escape your hometown, if you know what I mean. No, <laughs> no, no. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, first of all, I got to ask you, as I always do, how's the weather up in Wisconsin? Absolutely beautiful. Uh, what snow is left is melting quickly. It's just a few little patches. The sun is out. It's close to 50 mm. degrees. It is not February. But I remind you, a month from today is the first day of spring. <laughs> so we're getting <laughs> it early. <laughs> yes. Well, it's. I'm just looking at my iPhone right now. I cannot believe the number I'm looking at. It's 79. Uh, yeah. That is, uh, for us, that's a little high, too. So I guess it must be early spring here. But as they say in Texas, winter always, like that famous song, The Last Farewell, uh, there's always uh, a winter farewell sometime uh, around the corner. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have another another snowy day or another icy day before we officially uh, move into into uh, spring. Well, I mentioned uh, in the introduction, Frank, you're a native New Yorker. And uh, how long, I mean, just out of curiosity, I know you were born in New York and you were raised there, but uh, how old were you when you left? Gosh, um, I was probably, well, let me see. Uh, 24. Okay, so you went to school there, you educated yourself there, you obviously have a lot of New York uh, in your background. Well, and in fact, um, as, as I think you know, Sylvia, I'm a, a great book person. And after talking with you and talking about this show, I started counting up. And I have almost 200 books on New York, New York history, all about New York. It's always been a subject of fascination to me and, uh, uh, you know, every aspect of it. And uh I, you know, as much as I'm very glad I left when I did, and I did to take a job, it was a, um, 1971 was a very bad year in advertising, the profession I was in, and uh, 
I found a job in Baltimore and moved there and absolutely fell in love with Baltimore, which sounds hard to believe today. Both cities have changed appreciably. They have, they have, and I'm familiar with Baltimore more than New York, but you're you're exactly right. New York, for people like me who were not born there, by the way, I should say that your story about leaving New York for professional reasons, it's actually very common. There are lots of people around the country who uh, who left New York because of job. There were lots of opportunities. I mean, I have friends here, uh, some, someone uh, someone I know here, who grew up in the Bronx, and he came to Texas about the same time that you went to to Baltimore. So there were many people who always uh, left New York for professional reasons, but you still have that love affair with New York that, you know, it, it's hard to take that out of you. Yes, and in fact, um, as I think I mentioned to you, my family has been in New York since the late 1700s, and now there's only wow. one member and she's out on Long Island, which really doesn't count. She's over the uh, Queens line. She's not in the city. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, a variety of reasons, some professional, others having to do with just the quality of life and the ability to, mm-hmm. uh, to live well. When I grew up, it was in many ways, a, a, not without its disadvantages, but a very interesting and wonderful place to grow up in. And, uh, you yeah. know, I think one of the things down to it is uh, accessibility and the fact that uh, in those days y- you wouldn't do it all the time, but you could afford to go to a Broadway show, to a concert. You could afford to go out to dinner at a decent restaurant. And, you know, you, you weren't going to the top of the line, but, but you were going to a very nice place. And um, now the costs have gone so high you can't dream of buying a house. You can't dream of, of, of doing a lot of these things. And it, it's just driven the middle class right out. Right. No, you're exactly right. And, um, I mean, I've known many people in that uh, situation. But there was always a charm about New York. I mean, everybody wanted to go to New York on a business trip. Everybody wanted to go to New York uh, at certain times of the year, the Christmas holiday season was always beautiful, all the signs and the Thanksgiving parade and all of that. So there was always a great charm about New York. But, of course, now it, it, it seems uh, that, uh, that, that Donald Trump has driven the Democrats crazy here. You have, yes. a, uh, you have a lawsuit that was brought against Donald Trump for allegedly committing fraud, but somehow they no they they didn't find anybody who was defrauded and and the judge nevertheless went through with it uh, the for those who may not be familiar with the story uh Donald Trump tried to get some loans he said this property is worth so much and the bank said well no we think it's not and uh, they gave him a loan but uh you know for those of us familiar with banking that's what banks do all the time I mean, you go to a bank and you say, I want to borrow a million dollars or I want a million dollar line of credit or whatever. And the bank says, well, you got to prove it. Give me your financial statements. And then they lend you money based on, on what they believe you are worth. Just because you tell them you're worth something, that doesn't get you the loan you want. And that's kind of what happens here. Loan, I mean, the, it's possible that Trump may have inflated the value. 
But inflating the value of your property in 90 cents will get you a Diet Coke at a gasoline station these days because it doesn't matter whether you inflate it. It's up to the bank. The bank has their own due diligence, their own team, and they're going to look at the property and come to their own conclusion, and they're going to say, we're going to lend you this money or that money, and that's kind of what happened here. The bank said, no, he didn't do anything wrong. He paid us back. But the judge yeah. decided, no, you committed fraud. I mean, it's really outrageous, Frank. It's insane. Because look at anybody who has ever sold a house. You don't start by valuing it low. You start by putting a high value on it, knowing that you're going to compromise when you sell it. And, and that's, that's, all, that's the way the game is played. You, you don't put an extraordinary value on it, and neither did he. Uh, some of his values were actually quite reasonable, especially mm-hmm. in New York, especially in that market where depending on anything, depending on conditions, the values can go up or down very quickly. I mean, look at the, right now, from what I understand, the commercial real estate in New York approaching 50% vacancy. They're talking about they're mm-hmm. trying to convert offices into apartments, into uh, game rooms, into sporting venues, into health clubs, because things have changed. So if you valued, uh, you know, what you put, the value you put on an office building five years ago, pre-pandemic, was justifiably much higher than you could get for it now. And that it doesn't mean you were a fraud then. It means you were reacting to market conditions at that time. And I can guarantee right. you that in the business like Trump was never going to put a ridiculously high value on it because he didn't have to. And you wouldn't want to make it look to the bank like, you know, you were an idiot overvaluing it to a great extent. You would put a value on it within reason within some reason <clears throat> and then the bank would send its its appraisers out and say okay this is what we think it's worth this is what we'll give you on it and that that's what right. it is <clears throat> it's a business transaction just like when you sell a house that's right or when you sell a car i mean if you're going to sell a car yeah. you you say i want six thousand dollars for it ten thousand dollars for it and then you know you negotiate you don't necessarily get what you want, but you negotiate. But what I find most frightening uh, about what just happened in New York, and we're certainly hoping that this goes down on appeal, but you know that, that hasn't happened yet. It'll probably happen later. But what I find most frightening uh, about all of this, uh, Frank, is that this judge has basically redefined what fraud is. I mean, for years, I think any person, uh, a, a lawyer, a banker, a layman, any everybody knew what fraud was. And that in yeah. order to have fraud, somebody had to get hurt. I mean, if I commit a fraud, it's uh, you you got to find a party that I hurt or that I hurt financially, that is. And in this case, nobody was. And that's what is frightening well, about this, that we, we've created this definition of fraud, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, there's a definition of fraud for a Republican presidential candidate, and one for everybody else, Frank. The point. It's not even that he's redefining fraud. It's that he's creating 
a situation, he's creating a crime that doesn't exist for the purpose of going after one individual. And for for a uh, person involved in the law, like the judge or like this Letitia James, the attorney general, to run on a ticket of I'm going to get Trump defies the spirit of law. Because it's not a matter of I'll get Trump if he's guilty. It's a matter of he's guilty now. I say he's guilty now and I'm going to get him. And he hasn't been tried. But what what is wrong with this? Okay. Donald Trump is a man with tremendous financial resources. He will be able to come up with that bond. And when it's appealed, I hope to God he sues New York and gets all of the money he had to spend on lawyers back and, uh, and does it because it was a malicious prosecution. But, and here is the problem. Here is the problem. Let's take a real estate investor who has a different political opinion in power than the attorney general, than the judges, than the Democrat Party in New York. Suppose they go after them and they don't have the resources. This is what happened to Admiral Flynn. This is what happened to Papadopoulos. These were people on another area. It didn't have to do with real estate. But when the government wants to go after you, they have scores of lawyers paid for by taxpayers, and they can go after an individual, and you don't have the money to hire the kind of lawyers and the defense, the representation you need to win. So you either give up or you lose, and that is a disgrace. That is, and and I I just feel the the case you mentioned of I think it was General Flynn, if I remember his correct title. But anyway, Flynn, he he was forced to sell his house, I think, in order to yeah. keep up with all the legal bills. And it's absurd. And here's the other thing, Frank, that, that I find uh, troubling. Uh, just again, this is before I say that, let me just say this is really not about Trump. OK, I mean, Trump is the player, I understand. But this is really about justice, not necessarily Trump. But. This is something else that just completely amazes me about what the Demo- what the, how the Democrats are reacting to Trump. Trump, I believe, is 75 years old or 74. For the first 65 years of his life or 70 years of his life, nobody ever found any problems with him. He lived and operated right. in New York. He did business there. Nobody found any problems with it. I mean, he operated, did business there. I guess his father did, too. And I know there were some bankruptcies, but that was not out of the ordinary. But nobody ever found him guilty of fraud for decades. And now all of a sudden, because he's running for president and they want to target him, they find – I just think – I don't understand how, how a, an attorney general like Letitia James doesn't lose her license to practice law, Frank. I would think she – you know, in any fair situation, she would, except that that's state isn't and not just the city but the state is entirely controlled by the democrat party and the democrat party in new york is now notoriously corrupt and you you have this you know it's a they're trying to seize his property they're trying to take what doesn't belong to them 
because of his political opinions and because they want to interfere with the election. And I think that's why so many people, you know, the American people by and large, I think are are a fair people. And they look at that and they say, wait a minute, I don't care what party I belong to or or how I feel about this guy personally. Uh, This is not right. I wouldn't want this done to me. I wouldn't want it done to a friend of mine or, or anybody. I wouldn't want it done to anybody I didn't like because it's just not fair. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, the state, and, and of course, uh, the state which has gone just totally ideological. They're operating everything on an ideological premise, and that is what is killing them. And no creation no of that is more evident than the loss of the Remington Arms Company, which has been in New York since it was founded in 1816, 1816. That's how long Remington has been in that, in that state, in the town of Ilion, New York. And now right. they are leaving. And why? Because they have such a ridiculous sense of the, the Second Amendment. And look what they did. They passed this law. They cost Remington over $70 million by saying that they were responsible to a degree for the shooting at the Sandy Hook School. They let people sue them because they used a Remington gun. The gun didn't make up its mind to shoot kids. It was in the hands of somebody else. Let me ask you something, and I'll ask the audience this, okay? Now, I go into a national park, and somebody else is in that national park, and they pick up a stone, a rock on the ground, and they throw it and they hit me in the head. Can I sue the national park because they had a lot of dangerous stones lying there? Right, right. I don't no, think I, so. No, I agree. But it's the same No, principle. I agree. I agree. And I'm so happy you mentioned this story of Remington. This is one of the oldest companies in the country. They've been in New York all this time. I bet there's a lot of good goodwill that that company has built in that city. I bet there's generations of people uh, who have, you know, built homes and raised their families because they work there, and they've been driven out by these fanatics. But, Frank, here's something that that you as a as a New Yorker probably know better than anybody else. New York over the I mean it's, as long as I remember, New York has has been kind of a center left uh meaning more of a democrat, but it was centrist. I mean Mario Cuomo for example, the governor of New York uh back uh what 30 years ago, 25 years ago, he was a democrat, mm-hmm. but he wasn't crazy. Um you know, you've had others uh who were governors there before. But all of a sudden, it seems like this would have never happened. I'll go out and say this. This would have never happened with Governor Cuomo uh, in, 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 as governor, because he would have called the, the attorney general and said, you're not doing that. You're not killing our right. business environment by doing that. And that takes me to another point very quickly related to this, uh, Frank. The governor of New York, uh, whatever her name is, Kosho, whatever her name is, I, I, I'm blanking on her name right now but she was on a radio show uh in the last couple of days 
And somebody, the, the host of the radio show said, Governor, uh, how is this going to impact? Aren't people going to leave the state because of this? I mean, and she said, no, 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 no. This was all, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said, this was all about Trump. So she's making the point that they targeted him. Yeah. And and I'm sitting there, I'm a businessman. I'm a re, Let's say I'm a Republican businessman in New York. I have a business and I don't contribute to the Democrat Party because that's just not my party, and I want to do business, now all of a sudden I have to worry about whether or not they're going to pull one of these tricks on me. They bring me in court, they apply something like this to me, and my business is over. That is a very legitimate fear, Frank. Well, let me me even go further than that, and and let me take you down to New York City and give you an example, okay? And this is what's going to happen to New York, and it's happening now. You say, well, what are the, what are the other reasons they would do this? If you're the businessman that you just described, you're a successful businessman in real estate, you're a Republican, and you really don't think you have anything. Well, gee, you know, I know Trump goes after a lot of people. A lot of people don't like him, but that's not the case with me. I don't have any enemies. Okay, let me tell you something. Some years ago, uh, when uh, Bloomberg was mayor and Blo- of the city, and Bloomberg, never you never knew whether he was a Republican or a Democrat. I think he was more a Democrat. He was talking about instituting a wealth tax on people who were extremely wealthy, an extra tax on them. But being a businessman himself, He did some research, and he found out that 10,000 people out of the 8 million, 10,000 people paying 49% of the taxes, and that if he were to institute this tax, they would start leaving, and suddenly it would be in a debt spiral, whereas with, wait a minute, there are less wealthy people paying taxes. Now we've got to put more taxes on the less wealthy people. And and that's a death spiral because ultimately everybody's got to leave. So what, but what you're looking at now, and you look at New York City, you have this fellow Adams who is a jackass who's dealing with, and they're a sanctuary city, and they're dealing with all these immigrants illegal immigrants, and he's talking about giving them $10,000 credit cards. He's putting them in the schools. He's trying to put them in luxury apartments. He's already commandeered a couple of high-end hotels, the Roosevelt, for one, to put them in, to feed them, to clothe them, to give them phones, education. The city can't afford it. So what's going to happen? They're going to start looking for other money. Well, wait a minute. Donald Trump's got millions of dollars. Hmm. Maybe if he loses this case and he has to pay that fine, we can use it to help bail us out of everything we're giving right. to the illegals. Yeah. It, it, you're so exactly you, right. I mean, but, that that's exactly right. But, but the other thing that happened, Bill... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Frank. Um, I'm uh, sorry. I, I interrupted you. Go ahead and finish. 
you have a lot of motivations for very bad conduct. You have motivations for what is really, by another name, larceny. Right. Stealing. You're you're exactly right about that. You're exactly right. The other thing that is happening in New York, and it's all this is all happening at the same time. You have these ideologically driven, and you were exactly right, ideology driven politicians, whether it's the attorney general, uh, others, who are seeing everything in terms of ideology. And what is happening to New York City? The city is in a complete collapse, decline. Uh, I mean, the the crime in the city. Uh, you mentioned the the vacancies in the in the office buildings. I mean, the city is in decline. Uh, I just learned the yep. other day that they they put a tax. They they call it a traffic tax. So they're going to tax mm-hmm. you now if you drive through the city. Well, how's that going to work out? Not real well, probably. Uh, for right. for the citizens, you know the so it, it, this is this is what's happening to Donald Trump, horrendous as it is, is part of a much larger problem of a city in decline, and what a terrible thing to happen to New York, a city that is so much a part of American history, and frankly for a lot of people around the world, the city that defines the United States. I mean that's where when people think of the United States, they think of New York City. That's that's the one city that everybody relates to when they're thinking uh, about the, the the United States. And uh, one more thing I wanted to say, uh, Frank, before I I uh, forget to say everything I wanted to say, and, and that is that <laughs> there are already some business people who are saying we're not doing business in New York. There's this fellow O'Leary, I think it's his name, or Leary. Yeah, uh, he says I'm not investing in New York anymore. So I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are quietly saying the same thing, Bill. I mean, why do I keep calling? Well, I keep saying Bill. I mean, Frank, forgive me. <laughs> okay. Well, no, you're absolutely right. And I've heard a But you know why I'm them. calling you Bill? I know why. Because Bill is my other good friend from New York who I just spoke to a few hours ago. And that's why <laughs> my mind uh, – so forgive me for that, Frank. Not at all. Give Bill my best. <laughs> my, I will. Let me let me bring up one other thing that I think is very relevant. You'll hear people say, oh, New York can come back. It always has. Well, we had a very bad mayor named David Dinkins some time ago, and crime went out of control. It spiraled out of control. The um, finances went to the dogs. It just was in a terrible shape, and they elected Rudy Giuliani as mayor. And Rudy Giuliani brought it back from the brink. But, you know, this time, this time, I don't think that can happen. And I'll tell you why. There are things that there are huge social changes that have taken place. Look at the empty office buildings. People no longer need New York. New York, it used to be very imperative to have a centralized place for finance. The, the original uh, source of wealth in New York was the port. But, of course, in those days, we traded mostly with Europe. And now we trade a lot with Asia. As a result, the new port of Houston, the canal, is going to, the Panama Canal 
is going to make Houston a much bigger port eventually, I think, even than California. And the bottom line is people no longer have to go down to Wall Street to conduct business. We've got the Internet. We've got electronic communications. We can, people can say, wait a minute, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to pay the tax to drive into Manhattan. I don't want to pay the ridiculous amounts to use the bridges or even the subway. I can work from home. And you know what? Home can be the Hudson Valley, or it can be Aspen, Colorado, or it can be Portland, Maine, or it can be Newfoundland or Paris or any place I want to work on the face of the earth. Give me a cell phone that has range and tell me what you want done. Give me my computer, and I'm there. I am there. I don't have to be at the corner of Wall and Broad Street anymore. And, you know, who is it? Um, uh, Goldman Sachs is in New Jersey now. The headquarters, I believe, are in Jersey City. Granted, it's just across Mm -hmm. the river from New York, but a lot of banks are thinking, hmm, maybe I'll go down to Florida or Texas because the taxes are better. And a lot of people. Right. Are and also, Frank, I mean, if you if you look at, at at another part of this is that New York, I mean, uh, at one time, 50, 60 years ago, New York was number one when it came to the Electoral College, meaning it had the most number of electoral votes. Today, New York yep. is not number one. Number one, of course, is California, Texas, Florida and and I think New York, but maybe Ohio might be bigger. So they are no longer the 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 population center that they used to be and i know here in the dallas area there's been a big boom in finance uh organizations who are moving here or to houston uh so yes i mean i think they're kicking themselves in in the teeth you know when they make decisions like these but what frustrates me more than anything else is that there isn't a democrat in this group that comes out and says folks you're killing us Okay, don't hate the country more than you hate Trump or don't hate Trump more than you love your country or whatever. I mean, they're just killing the city and killing the state. And uh, I just I'll say one last thing. I, I sure hope that uh, that Trump wins, uh, appeals this and wins. And like you indicated, comes back and sues the government of New York. That would be fun to watch, Frank. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at Donald Trump, when you look at what he's done, he has done more for New York than right. any of these people. He took the old uh, uh, Commodore Hotel Commodore. It was one of, one of his early projects, and he got some loans. The place was a dump, and he turned it right. into a luxury hotel. He's built places that are show places, and he's employed thousands of people. And and really, uh, he's responsible for that. And if, if they mm-hmm. decide, yes, we're going to break up this empire, well, you know, it's never going to be this, run as well. Who are they going to put it with? Who's doing as well? I, I can name you a lot of different hotels that came and went because they really couldn't, they weren't run well. And uh, it's it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do no. at all. But he has the connections, he has the experience, 
and he's he's done a tremendous amount for the city and for the state of New York. And this is the way right. they treat and, him. And if it can happen right. to him, it can happen to anybody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Frank, I want to thank you for your time, as always. Thank you for uh, helping us on short notice. And uh, have, a wonderful, have a wonderful week. And we'll talk to you later soon, I hope. Well, likewise, uh, Silvio. And uh, God bless to you and the audience and, and even to New York. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, God bless New York. They really need it. They sure do. Now look at what happened at St. Patrick's Cathedral. It was terrible. Yes, my but goodness. But that's another story. What? Maybe another show. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but that that is exactly. That is, you know, it's funny. When cities go crazy, a lot of crazy things happen. Well, there was a time when nobody would have thought of that. And if it started out, the minute they started to get rowdy, nobody would have tolerated it. So right. it's, it's indicative of what's happening to the city. You're right. You're right about that. Frank, have a great day and say hello to the family, and we'll talk to you later. Likewise, Silvio. Take care. All right. Our good friend, uh, Frank Burke, up in uh, Wisconsin, talked to him about a lot of things, and I really wanted to chat with him today about New York. He's a, he's a native New Yorker, grew up there and has some big connections to New York over the years and obviously very emotional ties to the city of New York and to the state of New York. What is happening to Donald Trump and the travesty? And I sure hope they can get this back in appeal. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.